my little peace visual. <laughs> little peace village. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that beautiful? Well, one of you is going to walk away with this beautiful little peace village here. Yes. So I'm going to be watching to see if you're listening like good boys and girls. <laughs> just we, uh, I, I just want to say to all of you, uh, Merry Christmas. It's a great time of the season. Uh, love, love Christmas season. And we've been just uh, talking the last three weeks and today uh, as well on understanding Christmas and really understanding these words, love, joy, hope, and peace, and just digging into them a little bit. And I have forever um, changed my understanding or deepened my understanding of these words through this series. I, I just so have enjoyed it. Uh, I have this great perk of my job. Like, like, if I do my job well, I actually grow as a person. You know what I mean? It's like awesome because I, I have to study God's word, you know? I have to like, you know, that I, I'm just kind of being sarcastic a little bit because it's, it's such a blessing to be able to do what I do. And I get to, and, and even as I share with you on Sunday mornings, often I'm learning as I'm speaking because, you know, God is like showing me from stuff that I've studied, and it's just really awesome. And so I just want to say, I've really, enjoy, I've really enjoyed this series. Yeah, I've grown a lot from it. Um, and today I want to share with you about peace, but to kind of uh, give you guys a, a quick review or summary of where we've been, especially if you haven't been with us, um, we've looked at love. And, and love in Hebrew is pronounced ahava. Let's try it, ahava. And what we learned from love is that um, love in the root word there actually means to give, and so love is actually action. It's not a feeling. It's not something that you, you try to get. It's something that you, you give, and God defined love. In fact, the Bible says God is love. He is love. That's what it says, and that's who he is, and so we learn what love is by looking at God and looking at Jesus, and if we took these letters and we broke them down, and if you were here, you'll remember they actually mean Behold the Father, behold the Son. Look at God, look at the Son, and you will find out what love is. And this is what Jesus said. He said, or, uh, he said no greater love has one than this, that he lay his life down for his friends. And you are my friends. And shortly after saying that, he did it. He laid his life down, not just for his disciples, but for you and for me, for all of us. That's why this is Christmas, right? And, uh, and Paul says God demonstrates his love in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so we see love, and then Jesus throws a little curveball at us, and he says, now I have a command for you. I command you to love one another as I have loved you. And that is the purpose of your life. You might not have known that, but the goal of your life is to learn ahava, is to learn the highest thing you can do, the greatest thing that you can do with your life, is to learn how to give it away. And I, I, and I remember doing this three weeks ago, and I do it again today. I commend this church. We have a lot of people in this church who are giving their life away. Because every time you give a prayer, you give a hug, you give of your money, you give of your time, you give of your energy, you invest yourself in the people around you, instead of using those things for yourself, you are laying your life down. Because life is one moment at a time, Right? We only have a short period of time that we have this experience together. And when we choose to use that in a way that benefits other people and lifts other people up, we're putting a smile on God's face. 
All right? So good job. Way to love. Keep it up. That is what we're doing. Um, but it just forever has changed my understanding of Ahava because Ahava, love, is a choice. It is a choice. And I, I'm trying to make that choice more and more every day. I'm trying to br- brainwash myself with this new definition. This is a choice. Am I going to choose to give love? Am I going to give myself away today? In this moment, will I love this person or will I be selfish? You see what I'm saying? It changes our perspective. Okay, the second time or the second week we looked at hope and Teen Challenge was here. And they had amazing testimonies and they're sharing their life, how God has given them hope. And hope is a rope. Hope means to have a rope that you are weaving and, and tying a rope around something that you're holding on to. And when you start to read the New Testament, you'll see... From now on, you'll see the words holding, hold on to, clinging, all over the scriptures. Because it's talking about, that's what hope is. Hope holds on to something. But more so than that, hope holds on to the promises of God. Okay? And I built this case that if hope is holding on to something, and that hope is the promises of God, and it's the covenant that God has made through Jesus, When Jesus came and he died and he rose again, we find out, as Paul said, that all of the promises of God are, yes, they are accomplished in Christ Jesus. And we say the amen. And we're holding on to all of those promises. So hope really is in the Lord. Our hope is in Jesus. He is the word of God. And he is, uh, you know, the eternal uh, son of God, and he's the one who purchased for us all of the promises of God. And so when we're holding on to the promises of God, we're really holding on to, on to Jesus, right? So this is all going back to Jesus. That's why this is a, Chris, a great Christmas, uh, you know, these are great Christmas words. And last week we talked about joy. And the, the Hebrew word there is simcha, simcha. And joy really is associated with salvation, And uh, and so when the angel said, hey, we got some good news of great joy for all the people. In the town of Bethlehem, a Savior has been born. So the great joy is that we have salvation made available to us. And when you break down this word in Hebrew, um, that first letter is uh, to destroy. The second letter, mem, is a picture of the chaos or of the ancient world or water. So it's to destroy the chaos. And then the third letter there is het, and it stands for like a fence or a barrier. So to destroy the chaos that separates us from grace. The last letter is grace, or God, or Jesus. And so Jesus came, how many of you are glad about this? To kick down the walls of separation between us and God. To destroy sin and the chasm and the barrier that no man could could breach. No man could destroy it, remove it, get back to God. And Jesus said it this way, very simply. He just said, listen, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and no one can get to the Father except through me, except through me, except through me as your Savior and Lord. He's the only one who's ever defeated sin, and he did defeat sin, and he did it for all who will believe in him. And that brings joy to us. And and I didn't get a chance to say this last week, but... um, Joy really, the, the ultimate expression of salvation and the removal of all barriers between you and God, the ultimate expression of salvation 
is really the presence of God. So joy comes when you get in the presence of God. That is salvation. Salvation to its, its absolute basic fundamental understanding is this. You are in the presence of God. That's salvation. And we will experience the presence of God perfectly one day. Right now, there's, there's some, uh, some fine-tuning on the radio. You know, there's times when the station's clear and we're in, in God's presence and we're experiencing joy. And then there's other times where there's other things kind of interrupting the signal. You know what I'm saying? Life and problems and other stuff and other thinking. And, you know, but one day, all of that will be removed and we will see him face to face. And the one word that I think about when I think about heaven is joy. Just joy. I think of other words, but joy just stands out. I just can't wait to have that perpetual explosion of joy, that feeling of joy. It's, just, it's one of the greatest emotions that uh, we can experience as human beings. Like that just over-the-top, um, you know, uncontainable. When the Bible uses the word overjoyed, you're like overjoyed. And when you experience that, it's just a great feeling, isn't it? You guys, you guys with me or not? Just, oh, I'm just checking. Okay. So today we want to talk about peace. And um, before I forget, let's give this away to somebody. Okay. So what I asked uh, my little buddy Eli to do this morning, because I didn't want to be biased, because I know where all y'all sit. So I said, Eli, I want you to pick any chair in the, in the sanctuary and put, a little, put this little sticker underneath the chair, uh, and so that'll be our winner. So no one's actually sitting in this chair right now. <laughs> but someone is sitting pretty close to it. So I'm sorry. I'm not going to make you look under your chair, but uh, I will say that uh, the winner happens to be the fifth row back. And the fifth chair over, right behind Carrie and right next to you. So if you want to look, see if you can find a, a winner tag under there. Slide over two chairs. Winner! Hey, come on up here. Come on up here. And you can receive this for your family. All right. I, a speech. Merry Christmas. I hope you, you guys enjoy that. You can give it to someone if you want to. It's up to you. All right. So um, peace, uh, here's what the angel said. I want to read this whole paragraph. It's just awesome. Luke chapter 2. And by the way, Christmas Eve, we're going to have an awesome Christmas Eve service this year again. Um, going to have a little skit with the kids and uh, do our candlelight and sing some awesome hymns. But we'll probably read part of this story in our skit, Luke chapter 2. And here's how it goes. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And these are, uh, uh, sh- I believe, shepherds, okay? So the angels show up to these shepherds. And I, I, I'm just fascinated by this. Uh, I just try to put myself in the picture or in the feet of the, the shepherds. These angels appear to these guys. And uh, anyway, they say to them, the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. These guys were freaking out. There was bright glory around them, a glory cloud. An angel showed up. And uh, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That's a loaded statement, okay? And I've been meditating on that sentence all, you know, for a month. But, you know, he is the Messiah. And just to say that was to say the greatest promise that everyone has been holding on to has now arrived. The Messiah, the Savior, the, the one who is going to come and redeem us from our sins. The one that we were singing about there, O Holy Night, 
Uh, you know, I, don't, I hate doing this, but I always forget the words when I start to talk about songs. But I remember thinking about it. You know, we're, we're in sin, we're pining, it's dark, it's gloomy, but there's one who is coming who will set the captive Israel free. And so all of these promises in the scriptures for hundreds of years, people have been holding on to, and the angels show up. It's like, tonight's the night. He has come. The Messiah has arrived. Okay, so these guys are freaking out listening to this. And in, in case that wasn't overwhelming enough, it says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel. So an angel's there talking. They're already afraid. And he's trying to calm them down and tell them this great news. But then all of a sudden, hundreds of, I don't know, hundreds or thousands, I don't know how many angels showed up. It says a great host, a huge crowd of the heavenly angels appear. This would be awesome, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be crazy? With the angel, and they were praising God, and they broke out in song, and they sang this. They were singing this big, giant choir of angels. They showed up. They couldn't contain themselves. They revealed themselves. They showed up, and they start singing, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Glory to God, and on earth, peace. What is this peace? They were announcing something. They're like, wow, glory to God because peace has just shown up. Peace has just shown up on the earth. And peace is not warm fuzzies. This is not what the angels are talking about. They're not like, oh, isn't this cute? A cute little baby has shown up on the earth. No, no, that's not what they were talking about at all. They're talking about something that would revolutionize and change human experience for the rest of eternity. That peace has entered into a dark, broken, terrifying, evil, hurtful, hopeless world. And peace has shown up. And peace is not a, just a thing. It, it actually turned out to be a person. And his name is Jesus. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, the ruler of peace. So what is this peace? Now, I love this word. It's one of the first Hebrew words I, I learned. And I've taught this word here before. So if you've already heard this part, that's great. Just enjoy it. Teach it with me. Okay? But if you haven't, man, you're going to be blown away by this. Okay, so peace in Hebrew is four letters. And you can see it up in your notes, whatever. The first letter is a letter we've seen before. It's called sheen comes from a picture of teeth, and it means to destroy or devour or consume, okay? So it means to, I'm going to use the word to destroy up here, and this is all in your notes, so I know that you can't read what I'm saying necessarily, but the next letter is Lamed, and it comes from the ancient picture of a shepherd's staff, and the shepherd's staff is the sign of leadership or rulership or authority, okay? It's the shepherd. It's the one in charge. So I'm going to use this, this concept of authority because that's what this word or this letter really comes from. The next one is vav, and it doesn't really have any part of the pronunciation part in this word, but it's there, and it stands, um, it's a picture of an ancient tent peg or a nail which connects the tent to the earth or boards to boards and that kind of thing. So we, we use this as an idea of it means to connect things together. So we're just going to say to connect. And then the last one, um, now in Hebrew, 
Uh, this letter is Mem. Technically, I wouldn't write it that way, um, uh, but I'm going to write it this way just because that's what you're used to. But at the end of a letter, uh, end of the word Mem looks a little different normally. But it's the letter Mem, and it stands for chaos. Okay, it's an ancient picture of those seas, the river, uh, the water waves, but it really stands for chaos. And so in the ancient Hebrew pictures, the description of this word, which is pronounced in Hebrew, some of you know it, it's shalom, shalom, okay? So this has the S-H sound, here's your L sound, and here's your M sound, shalom, shalom. And it means to destroy the authority connected to the chaos. This is pretty awesome. So let's put this into our New Testament filter system. Okay, we're going to dump that into our New Testament understanding of Jesus and what he did, and we're going to come to this understanding that Jesus came, the Prince of Peace. He came to destroy the authority. Who's the authority that's connected to the chaos? The enemy of our soul, Satan. So Jesus came to destroy Satan. Have you ever read anything like that in the Bible before? So 1 John 3, 8 says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Isn't that awesome? Who is Jesus? Prince of Peace. What did he come to do? To do peace. What is peace? To destroy the enemy of your soul. To destroy his work, to strip him of his authority, to remove his power, and to empower you to be an overcomer. Isn't that good news? All right, so peace is not warm fuzzies. Peace is learning how to live in victory over the enemy. Think about that. So, I don't know, in our world, we don't have a lot of peace. And, and when I say peace, you can, you can, you can you know, go with that. Like, we don't have a lot of uh, tranquility. Uh, we don't have a lot of getting along right now. Not just, not just in our country, but... You know, in the world, there's not a lot of people getting along. There's a lot of conflict, right? Uh, we have conflict all over the place in, in, our, in our life. But the conflict that I'm talking about primarily for you and for me in the context of Christmas, and as the angels were singing about, what they were so excited about was that the one who can make a difference in your life, who can destroy all the trouble and the pain and the, and the sickness, and the disease, and the brokenness, and, and the, um, you know, the bondage to sin, the one who can do something just showed up. He showed up so that you can have peace, that you can have victory over sin and the, the one who created this whole mess in the first place. This is really good news, really good news. That's why they said, I got good news for you. Great joy, a Savior's coming. And then the other angels join them, this other angel, and they start singing, and now peace to the earth. Peace has come to the earth. So I don't know if you ever thought about peace like that. Let me just read a couple of verses for you. Colossians 2.15 says, Having disarmed the powers and authorities, Jesus made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Everybody say triumph. So Jesus triumphed over the enemy. Okay, John 14.27, the good news is that Jesus didn't just bring peace uh, to the earth with himself, but he also left it with you. 
And it says here, in his own words, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Now, change your mind. Remember, we're not talking about warm fuzzies. Jesus said, I came, I am the prince or the ruler of making this happen. So he's the king who comes to destroy the imposter king who is trying to destroy you. He comes, he destroys the work of the enemy, strips the enemy of all of his authority and power over your life. And he says, now I'm going to leave the same authority, the same peace with you. Woo! That's exciting. Okay, if your brain is tracking with this truth, you're going to walk out of here a whole lot more empowered to begin to actually experience more victory in your life. Because Jesus has left this authority with you. Okay? So John 16, he said, I've told you these things so that in me, in Christ, we may have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Everybody say overcome. Okay, so Jesus said, all right, so we're in this world. It's a mess. But I'm going to give you peace. And you're going to have trouble. But take heart, be encouraged, because I have overcome the world and my authority is now in you, and you need to learn how to overcome through me. Oh, man, this is pretty, pretty, pretty big stuff. Pretty big stuff. Luke 10, 19, just to be clear, Jesus said, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. Now, in the Bible, snakes and scorpions is an allusion to demons and Satan. Okay, that's what it means. So, He's not being tricky. He's just saying it. And if you didn't get it, he says it bluntly in the next couple of words. I've given you authority to trample or to destroy snakes and scorpions and to overcome, overcome all the power of the enemy. All the power of the enemy. And nothing will harm you. Jesus, I have the authority. I'm the Prince of Peace. Now I give you the authority to do the same thing, to trample, to destroy the work of the devil over your life. He's an imposter. He has a fake, um, what would you call it, fake uh, credentials. You know, to, have you ever had anybody try to steal something from you by using something fake? Well, that's what he's trying to do. He comes to us all the time, doesn't he, and lies to us and tries. Now, here's the, here's the truth of the matter. I want to I want to read this verse out, out of Hebrews chapter 2. The only power that the devil has left if you are a Christian, okay, if you're a Christian, if you've placed your faith in Christ and you're believing and trusting in him, the only real power that the devil has left is if you listen and agree with his lies. That's it. He can't do anything to you. He no longer has control over you. Sin no longer reigns over you. You are free. Can you sin? Yes, you can. But are you, do you have to sin? No, because the power of sin has been broken. And you and I can learn as Christians now to rely on Jesus in us to destroy the authority connected to the chaos and to have joy, simcha. The difference between joy and peace is joy is to destroy the barrier um, uh, of, of sin that was between us. So joy is the destruction of the sin. Peace is the destruction of the authority. What you get 
when you get peace is when you overcome the enemy in your life. You have peace. So let's just be practical. Let's say that you have um, a mindset uh, from growing up, and you were told certain things about yourself, and it has shackled you. It has uh, put, put this uh, label on your life, and you, you feel that you can no longer be like fully you know, successful, or you're always uh, falling into these habits or something. Let me tell you, that is not of God. It's, it's of the enemy, and the enemy's used other people to say things to you. But at some point, your brain said, yeah, that's who I am. Yeah, that must be true. I'm a failure, or I'm no good at this, or I can't do that, or I'm always screwing up, or whatever. So your brain is thinking something that is not true. You with me? Anybody can relate to this? And so you have now given, in a sense, right, power to the enemy because you're believing his truth, which is a lie, over God's truth, which is actually true. And so the power, the only power the enemy has over us is when we believe those lies over what God's word says. Here's what Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 says. Since the children have flesh and blood, that's you and me, he too, Jesus, shared in their humanity. So Jesus came down, became a human, so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. So Jesus came to be one of us to fully pay the penalty for our sin and to defeat and break the power of the devil once and for all. For all who would trust in Jesus, we now can live in freedom and we can experience healing and we can experience uh, prosperity. And I, I look at this list that I wrote down uh, of things that have had the potential to be reversed and when you reverse the sin's effects over your life and you change them into what God's will is, that's called peace. When you have a situation that is sin-infested, broken, hurting, below God's will, and you overcome with God's help, and you defeat that enemy that's trying to destroy you, that lie, that thought, that addiction, whatever it is, and you defeat it, the result is peace. It's peace. That's what peace is. You cannot have peace without a war. And so people who are trying to run and hide or la, 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 or ignore the fact that we have an enemy are getting beat up because the enemy doesn't care, doesn't stop because you, you act like it's not real. Do you see what I'm saying? Peace comes from battle. It comes from winning wars. It comes from resolving the conflicts, not ignoring them. How many of you know that when we ignore conflict, it never gets better, right? All right, so peace comes from winning, and you have an enemy out to destroy you. So peace is the result of the undoing of sin's effects. For instance, sickness, Jesus paid for our sickness, and we can overcome that and experience health. Okay, so peace is not a feeling, it's a condition, it's a state of condition. Peace is walking in God's will. It's walking in God's will. 
all right? Sickness is not part of God's plan for your life. And so we want to battle sickness. We don't want to just accept it, right? We want to battle it. And we, we begin to take God's word. We begin to look at what Jesus has done to destroy that and how he has paid for that. And we begin to believe it. We begin to profess it. We begin to say amen to it. And God delivers us, and we have peace or healing. So when we think of the word shalom, shalom in the Hebrew has all of these definitions to it. It's all of this stuff. It's healing. It's prosperity. It's well-being. It's the soundness of mind. And what's one of the definitions that we've talked about, Margie? Nothing missing, nothing broken. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Peace is a person. It's Jesus. Tell me, what's missing in Jesus? What's broken in Jesus? He's in you. His blood flows in you. Isn't this amazing? Think about it. If you let your brain think about this stuff, you're going to have some cramps. And when you have a brain cramp, you know, you need, to, you need to fight through that because what your brain is doing is it's trying to change something that it has believed for a long time. And if you just blow it off and you back off, your brain won't change. But you have to persevere through that brain cramp because your brain's trying to, you know, uh, trying to change and you're trying to fight yourself. Can I actually believe this stuff? So sickness to health, this is peace. Poverty to prosperity. Bondage to freedom, fear to faith, anxiety to calmness, bitterness to forgiveness, hurt to wholeness, rejection to acceptance. It's really death to life. Nothing missing, nothing broken. So I, want, I just want to challenge you to think about this differently. We're not talking, one more time, about warm fuzzies. We're talking about victory in your life. And Jesus came to give you victory, to overcome, to triumph. Everywhere you look at peace, you'll see there's actually battle language going on. Battle language. The, uh, the verse that I want you guys to memorize this week is a verse that um, I really, uh, I've had in my, in my heart for a long time. It's a simple verse, but it's powerful. Look at the words, Romans 16, 20. The God of peace will soon give you warm fuzzies. You see what I'm saying? Look at that. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That, that's the, you don't think about peace and like warrior words, you know? But that's what peace is. Peace is getting victory over the enemy who's trying to steal from you, destroy you, kill you, rob from you, take away from you. Bond, you know, put you in bondage, in chains, keep you angry, keep you offended, keep you sick, keep you suppressed, keep you distracted. And the only time he can do that is if you listen to him and you're not filtering what you're thinking or what you're being exposed to or what's being told to you through the word of God's truth. If you don't filter everything through this, there's going to be some stuff that sticks, that gets in there and clogs you up. Right? This is our filter. If you have a swimming pool or if you have a furnace, you know, we have these things called filters. And filters protect those, those instruments from getting clogged up. It intercepts the stuff that doesn't belong. 
right? A filter. It, it stops it from going any further. This is your filter. This is the truth. Everything that goes through your head, every thought, every word that's being spoken to you, at you, you know, from you, needs to go through the filter. And if you don't have your filter in place, some stuff's going to get through and it's going to clog you up. It ain't going to help you at all. It's going to cause you to break down. And then you're going to need some extra help, you know. Call in the experts. Get some of that stuff out of there. And we have some of those things for us. It's really cool. We have this awesome Bible study, uh, life group starting up again on learning how to overcome, learning how to live in the Holy Spirit. We have Christ uh, or Celebrate Recovery coming in a couple weeks in January. That helps us. This is why exactly what we do. We need this. Everybody needs to get cleaned out because there's stuff in there that, that shouldn't have gotten in there, but it's there. How do you get it out? You get, you, we have awesome tools for you to experience the freedom that God has for you. It's awesome. So you can be excited about getting plugged into those areas. So that's the idea of peace. It is something that God is trying to accomplish in your life is to destroy what's trying to destroy you. To crush the work of the enemy in your life so you can be free. You can be healed. You can be whole. And you can have this thing called peace. It says the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Isn't that awesome? So God starts with this, the God of peace. Oh, crush Satan under your feet. Woo! And the grace of the Lord Jesus is going to be with you. <laughs> it's like peace and grace and in the middle some foot stomping. <laughs> and that's what God is doing. Through Jesus, he's crushing the plans of the enemy in your life. Isn't that awesome? Now, you may say, I don't, I don't understand how to do that or I'm not sure what uh, what you're, you know, how to do that personally. Well, that's why we have classes and life groups and, and, and programs to teach us and train us into what God is saying and, and who we are as people. So that's, that's why we have those other things. Can't do it all here on Sunday morning. We need to be living this thing out, right, all week long. And so we have each other to do that. But I just want to encourage you guys with this, okay? Peace is a result of overcoming the enemy through the authority that Jesus has given us. That's what peace is. Peace is winning at life with Christ's help, overcoming. And you cannot win. You can't win a battle by hiding from it, right? You can't just ignore, you know, ignore it and expect to have peace. Peace always comes after a struggle, right? You, you have to fight to resolve conflict. Now, in marriages and friendships and stuff, it's different. I'm not saying we're crushing each other. Not saying that, all right? That's different. To win, to win conflict when we're talking about human relationships is to actually have something called reconciliation, right? Where we are tr learning how to love one another, forgive one another, apologize, uh, work through things. So we're not trying to crush each other. That's not how you have peace in human relationships. But the only way you'll have peace in the spiritual realm is to crush the enemy who's trying to crush you. He's trying to crush you. I mean, you feel it at times. You feel the weight and the pressure. He'll, he'll crush you with shame. You'll make a mistake, and just this big old giant boulder of shame will just be placed right on top of you. And you're just like, oh, man, I'm so bad. I'm so, I, did, I screwed up so bad. And you just want to hide, run, and never come to church, never talk to me. Just leave. Just disappear. 
you know, try to crush you with the weight of that, of that shame. You know, he'll try to crush you and steal from you any way he can. And yet that's not God's plan. Jesus has made provision for you no matter what you've done, no matter what sin you have, right? Jesus has paid the price for you to not live under that shame, to not live apart from God, apart from God's people, to not live, you know, on a, on a wandering lifestyle, running and running and hiding and just trying to escape. No, he has so much more for you. He's the Prince of Peace. I love this passage out of Isaiah. It says, for to us a child is born. This is Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. The government of all of creation, not just a nation. The government of all of creation will be upon his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Prince of Shalom. Listen to this statement. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Nothing will escape Jesus' work of shalom. Nothing will survive. Nothing of evil or darkness or brokenness or sin will survive. Isn't that awesome? You think about heaven. It's one of, I don't have it memorized necessarily. I just kind of remember the general passage. But and you know it too. There will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more darkness, no more sickness. Animals will get along. We'll get along. Right? There will be joy and there will be peace. Nothing will survive that's of sin or of the devil or of brokenness or pain, or darkness, there'll be light in heaven. No darkness, no darkness in heaven. Nothing will survive. Shalom, shalom, Prince of Peace. Aren't you glad the Prince of Peace is on your side? Come on, Prince of Peace. He is determined to destroy everything that's trying to destroy you. Wow, you're on the winning team. For years and years, I used to sign all my letters on the winning team. On the winning team. I just kept trying to remind people, hey, we're on the winning team. No matter what's going on, we're on the winning team. So I want to uh, close our service this morning and um, celebrate shalom. Let's just say that word together, shalom. Isn't that a great word to say? When Jews meet each other, they say shalom. They sh say shalom to each other, and uh, it's kind of like hi or a greeting, but it also means prosperity, peace. Uh, health, soundness of mind, you know, nothing missing, nothing broken. It's a blessing. When I will bless you in a few minutes, as I do almost every Sunday, once in a while I'll do a different blessing, but almost every Sunday I do the priestly blessing, right? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his, his peace. Or it actually says, and give you shalom. Not his peace, just give you peace. Give you shalom. Give you victory. Give you victory. Give you health. Give you peace. Give you prosperity. Give you soundness of mind. Soundness of body. Soundness of spirit. There's nothing outside of peace's reach. 
This definition is the biggest definition I've ever seen of any other Hebrew word. It just goes on and on and on. Contentment, prosperity, you know, good, good health, good wealth, good It's just everything. The all-inclusive word of blessing of God is shalom. Shalom. And so every week um, I read that or I say that to you at the beginning of the, the passage because this blessing comes from the Bible. It's in Numbers chapter 6. And God is talking to Moses, and he says, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, and then, you know, we say that blessing. At the end, verse 27, God is still speaking. He says, so they, Aaron and his sons are the priests, so they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. So I was studying this a little bit more this week from a Jewish perspective, and the Jewish perspective is this. When the priests do the blessing, they're not actually blessing the people. They're just doing and saying what God said to say, and God is blessing you. God is blessing you. Now, we can bless one another, and what we try to do that. I try to do that a lot. I try to bless people all the time. But this one, God says, I you say, you just do this, but I will bless the people. I will put my name on them, and I will bless them. I love it when I see many of you, when I do the blessing, kind of just reach your hands up to the heaven. That, that, I think that's a really good response. I would be doing that too, you know, if I was out there. Because I'm like, God's blessing me right now. It's not Pastor Tim. It's not a ritual that we do. This is what God said he wanted to be spoken over his people. Isn't that awesome? And so when, when we close this service this morning, I give that blessing to you. Uh, just receive shalom from on high. What does that mean? That means whatever you're contending with, whatever is broken, whatever is missing, we want to exchange that for shalom. We want to, by faith, reach out for the blessing of God. And this is a daily thing. This is a daily battle. Peace comes from winning a battle. Right? We do not stop fighting. We do not give up. We have the greater one with us and within us. And so we keep battling. That is our battle of faith. Paul puts it this way. We fight the good fight of faith. Right? We hold on unswervingly to the promises of God. Those who inherit the promises of God do so through faith and through patience or perseverance. They just don't give up. And hope is something that is a guarantee. It's not wishful thinking. It's this is the promise of God, and this promise of God will come to a reality in my life. That's what hope is. Hope comes from faith. Faith is believing in the promises of God unswervingly. And then hope is what we do when we hold on to it in the meantime. So I hope these words are helping enrich your understanding of who you are and what's available to you. And when you read the scriptures, you'll start to see the language around these words. When you start seeing love and you read about love, it's always about giving. It's about laying it down, right? Choosing other people, preferring one another. When you see hope, it's always about holding on. Don't let go. Be strengthened. Hold on. Unswervingly. Be determined to hold on, right? When you see peace, it's all about crushing, about winning, about overcoming, about triumphing. Isn't that awesome? 
Which one did I miss? Joy. It's all about salvation. It's all about sin has been defeated. Don't live in it any longer. The, the joy of our salvation. The joy of Jesus. Lord, restore to me the joy of Jesus. The joy of my salvation. And renew a right spirit within me. Straighten me out, Lord, so I'm thinking about things straight. I had the right perspective. I'm saved. I'm forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven. There ain't nothing that God is holding back for me on. I got it all. I got it all. Yeah, so now I can celebrate. I can be joyful. So I pray those words are alive uh, in you, the season, and that they come out of you and bless other people uh, this holiday season. The final thing I want to share with you as we close, and if the worship team you know, wants to come, maybe you guys can close this out with a song, is um, the authority of Jesus that he has given us for peace only applies to those who are under his authority. Okay? It's very important. Uh, so I've been talking to all of us as believers. But a believer is very important that if you're an unbeliever or a believer, makes all the difference in the world for you and for this idea of peace. Because if you have not surrendered to the Prince of Peace, if you have not given the authority of your life to the Prince of Peace, the Bible tells us we are already born under the authority of the Prince of this world, the devil. That's what it says. That we are all born into sin, we're all under his authority, and though Jesus has paid the price for every one of us, the Bible says over and over again, you must receive. You must believe. You need to receive. You need to believe. And as soon as you receive, as soon as you believe, then you will be saved. And all of this applies to your life as well, okay? Because if you go back to the very beginning, when we were in the Garden of Eden, there was a walk away on our part. There was, we're leaving the authority of God we're buying into the statements and, the, and what the devil is saying to us. We are rejecting the authority of God and his truth, and we are adopting the devil's word as truth to us now. That's what happened. So we walked away from God's authority. We came under the authority of the devil, and sin entered the world, and we know the rest of the story. So Jesus comes to redeem us and save us, but there has to be a turning Right? There has to be, okay, wow, yeah, this is really bad. This world is messed up. I'm messed up. There's this news of a Savior. He's come to save me. He's paid the price. He's defeated the enemy. My shackles can be broken, but I need to decide to change my leadership of my life, the authority over me, right? That's called repentance. That's called turn. You walked away. Figuratively, we all walked away in our sin, and now we need to Walk back to God. We just need to receive and believe. And some people don't understand this word believe, and, and it's not just like believing in Santa Claus. Okay? I got You guys like my Christmas tie here? A little smiley Santa. You know, I remember um, believing in Santa Claus and then finding out later in life, you know. And then all of a sudden my mind started going, wait a minute, what about the tooth fairy? And the Easter Bunny. And, oh, no, 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 and all these things. And my, I had a little crisis. A little crisis. I think I was like five years old. I remember I, I had to have a meeting with mom and dad, you know. I had, to, I was, I had it in the middle of the night. It was all of a sudden, whoa, and I had to go to their bedroom. Like, you know, figure this stuff out. Now, listen, um, 
believing in Jesus is not like believing in something like that. Okay, the concept of belief in the scriptures is a full-on trust, abandonment of one's life, and a, a trusting a relationship, and I'm all yours kind of a concept. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's not, oh yeah, I believe in God. No, 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 no. No, do you trust in him? Have you surrendered to him? Is he in charge of your life? Because if he's not in charge, and you think you're in charge, but I'm telling you, there's only two options, okay? He's either in charge or you're under someone else's authority right now. You think you're running your own life? You're not. You're under sin. You're under the bondage of sin. And you're a puppet right now in the hands of the devil. I mean, you really are. That's what the Bible says. We are, we're under the power of the prince of this world until we are redeemed by faith in Jesus Christ. Nobody is in charge of their own life. It, is, it just doesn't work that way. And so... That's what I'm talking about when I say you must believe and receive. You just need to surrender. And uh, it's a great, great day to surrender your life and find it. Right? Awesome. Would you just stay seated, bow your heads for a moment. Just take a, a second here to, to just give an invitation to anybody who hears this morning that uh, wants to make Jesus the Lord of their life. And... You just want to respond to this message and get right with God. And so I'm going to just have a, a prayer for you, if that's you. And I try to do this every week just to give people an opportunity because this is the most important decision we make in our lives. And yet it's a daily walking out decision. Like I said, we don't just believe once. We live this thing out. But today, if you're ready to make that decision, just get right with God and solidify um, your position with him and be forgiven of your sins and watch Jesus start to work in you victory in redeeming your life out of brokenness and hurt and pain. And the, the Prince of Peace, the Shalom, come into your world, into your life, into your daily agenda. Then, you know, this is a great day to surrender your life to him. And if that's you, I just want to ask you to just lift your hand right where you're seated just for a second so I can agree with you, celebrate your decision this morning. So right now, if that's you, say, Pastor, I want to pray to give my life to Jesus. Just lift your hand up for a moment. All right. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay. Well, then that means, you know, my heart, I believe most of us have already made that decision. And this is a great season for us to celebrate, isn't it? And so I, I want to pray with the... With the the ones who have raised their hand. And I want to ask all of us to just pray this prayer together. It's so beautiful to just continue to give our heart to the Lord. You know, if you're, you're like me, probably prayed something like this probably over a thousand times. It's just always trying to make sure that I'm giving my heart to the Lord. You know what I mean? Just giving it to, my, to the Lord and trusting to Him. So let's pray this together. Lord Jesus, thank you. Would you love me? You've come to rescue me. You came to defeat the enemy of my soul. And you have defeated sin. You defeated Satan. And you have equipped me to live an abundant life as I learn 
how to depend on you and trust in you and put your words into practice. And today, I just recommit my life to you. I surrender my heart to you, Lord. I love you. And I thank you for saving me, redeeming me, healing me, prospering me, giving me a future, a hope, joy, love, and peace. I'm all yours. Satan, you've lost me. I belong to Jesus. Jesus, I'm all yours. I love you and praise you in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We celebrate you, the Prince of Peace. Let's stand together. I have one more prayer I want to pray over you. Um, today, I'm going to invite our prayer teams forward as well during this final song. Peace is victory. It's victory. If there's anything in your life that you are not experiencing victory in, before you go, respond to this word. Come forward and get prayer. Join in prayer with someone by faith and say, here's an area that I want to have victory in. Okay? Shalom. When we hear a message, um, then something called faith arises, and then faith has to do something with it. You hear what I'm saying? So we're not going to just talk about shalom and talk about victory. Oh, that's nice. And go home, you know, hurting and broken and whatever. The reason why we gather together is to see what God has for us today. And today he has shalom for you. And so I really encourage you in these next few moments, if there's an area of your life you don't have victory in, just come forward and by faith reach out and fight and battle with someone else who will fight and battle with you. And this is a normal lifestyle for a believer who knows who Jesus is. Because there's constant conflict in this world and we just keep fighting back. And we don't let the enemy take any ground from our lives, right? So this is a constant thing. It's not like, oh, I don't want to go up there because someone might think that I got an issue. Whoa! Really? Who, who doesn't? Who doesn't? So forget about that kind of stuff, all right? That's just a bad, a bad thinking, okay? But now I want to pray for you. Um, so please come forward if you have something that you want some victory in, okay? And let's respond to what God wants to do. And let me uh, give you guys this, uh, this blessing, all right? You guys ready for the blessing of the Lord? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this blessing, Lord. Thank you that there's power in your word. Thank you. And now may the Lord bless you, keep you, and the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom, that nothing would be missing and nothing would be broken. May he give you victory in every area of your life as you submit yourself to God resist the enemy and watch him flee from you may shalom come to you and your whole body your soul and your spirit and may you point others to the prince of shalom that they too may experience life abundant in his name amen
Amen. Praise God. Let's sing a final song before you go and come forward if you want some prayer so we can